0: in here, our number 877 You know, welcome This Espionage Act of 1917 was later amended, you know Espionage and Sedition You hear these phrases thrown around in uh, the description of Donald Trump espionage, sedition. Espionage and sedition are intended for people who act in treasonous ways, spies, people who take our top secrets and give them to the enemy, espionage, spies for the enemy, sedition who have as their purpose to undermine the Constitution and the rule of the land. None of that applies to Donald Trump, of course, but they keep throwing these phrases around. You can read the Espionage Act of 1917 as amended. It's right there on the Internet. This law has never been applied to a president or a former president. Why is that? Anybody know? Because it can't be at least if we're still a constitutional republic, of which there are serious questions by me. The Espionage Act. The first sentence, as I said last night on Fox, the first sentence of Article 2, Section 1, and Article 2 is what creates the executive branch and the office of the presidency. The very first sentence basically is the sentence that provides that the president is the executive branch. Now, the left hates to hear this, particularly their professoriate. Doesn't mean he's a dictator. He just is in charge of one of the branches of government. And they wanted one person to be in charge. And then there's separation of powers. And it is generally understood, or used to be, that you cannot pass a statute that diminishes... That diminishes one branch or another, or alters the Constitution in any significant way. Let alone in institute a regulation at the Department of Justice or anywhere else. A regulation is the lowest, lowest of so-called requirements. Then comes the statutes, but the law of the land is the Constitution. When this law was passed in 1917, it was never intended to apply to a president or even a former president. World War I had started, and one of the worst presidents in American history, who was an out-of-the-closet racist and segregationist, Woodrow Wilson, a longtime Democrat, so-called progressive, and one of the early intellectuals of the so-called progressive movement, by the way, he put this in place as, as a broader part of other rules that he put in place. For instance, he set up an entire propaganda network. An entire propaganda network. Where he would threaten newspapers. He would threaten newspapers. If they would dare to challenge his views on World War I. He used the Espionage Act to put political opponents in prison. One of them was Eugene Debs. Now, Eugene Debs was a five-time Socialist Party uh, of America presidential candidate. He was very critical of our involvement in World War I. He spoke in Ohio and he urged young men to resist the draft. So he was arrested and charged with 10 counts of sedition. And he was found guilty on all counts, and he was sentenced to 10 years in prison. And he couldn't vote for the rest of his life. And he appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court, and the U.S. Supreme Court in Schenck versus United States unanimously ruled against him. They said that speech could potentially undermine society or the government particularly during the war, so it wasn't protected under the First Amendment. By the way, you know who commuted his sentence to time served? A Republican president by the name of Warren G. Harding. The Espionage Act was used for such vile conduct as Julius and Ethel Rosenberg They were spying for the communist Soviet Union. And they gave the Soviet Union top secret nuclear weapon designs. They were spies. As well as information on jet engines and radar and sonar. Long trial, they were convicted. Under the Espionage Act of 1917. Daniel Ellsberg... He was charged with violations of the Espionage Act over the Pentagon Papers. But a judge dismissed all the charges against him because the government had illegally collected and handled the evidence. Chelsea Manning, former U.S. Army private, what's he call himself now? Elizabeth Manning or whatever it is. He had faced 22 charges, including aiding the enemy, most serious sentence would have been the death penalty. He was convicted on 21 charges. But he was acquitted in terms of aiding the enemy. And he was sentenced to 35 years maximum security. Barack Obama commuted his, her sentence to the nearly seven years he, she had served. Edward Snowden charged under the Espionage Act. By the way, more people have been charged under the Espionage Act since Woodrow Wilson by modern times by Barack Obama than any modern presidents. Than any modern presidents. Um, So if uh, if you look at this Espionage Act and you look at the history of it, It literally has nothing to do with what's being done to Donald Trump. And it's also unconstitutional as it applies to Donald Trump. I've been the first to say this. I think I have to write it in the uh, National Review, Mr. Producer. What do you think? We were the first to talk about how this was used as a subterfuge for January 6th and broader investigation. It was during the second hour on Monday when we first heard of this news. And uh, last night on Life, Liberty, and Levin, and I'll do it again on radio, I pointed out that as applies to the President of the United States, the Espionage Act is unconstitutional. Now, why is that? Why is the Espionage Act, as applies to the President, that is Trump, unconstitutional? Anybody know? let's go back to Article 2, Section 1, the first sentence. And it's generally understood that the President of the United States has absolute ultimate authority to classify or declassify whatever he wants. So prior to his leaving office, if he makes a determination that he is going to take classified information with him, Nothing can stop him. The Espionage Act of 1917 can't stop him. If you have the power to make classifications and unmake classifications, then you have the power to take a document, whether it's classified or not, as President of the United States. Well, Mark, what about the presidential The Presidential Papers Act, or whatever they choose to call it, was passed in 1978. Do any of you collect old presidential signatures and documents and so forth? You see, prior to 1978, most of these things belonged to the president who left office. That's why you'll get certificates signed by Abraham Lincoln, and I had possession of one time and gave it to the Hillsdale College of the first appointment of the first associate justice of the Supreme Court. It was in private hands. I purchased it and gave it to Hillsdale College. And on and on and on. So it wasn't until 1978 till this law was passed. It's an administrative law. It's not a criminal law. It's an administrative law. But that law does not trump the Constitution any more than the Espionage Act trumps the Constitution. I would argue that as applies to a president, it too is unconstitutional. The president makes a determination that he is going to take the documents with him. People will say, but the government produced it. That's fine as it applies to everybody else in the government, but not to the president. He's the one to which Article 2, Section 1, first sentence applies. He's the one. And nobody else. Equality under the law when it comes to Donald Trump is equal treatment as a president and former president under the law. Not as Ernie Grabowski Handling the friar at McDonald's. The case of Hillary Clinton is so compelling because she never was president. She was nothing more than a cabinet secretary. Article 2 does not apply to her. She's a subordinate in the executive branch. Under the unitary executive, which is under the president. It doesn't apply to her. Or any subordinate. That is the powers that are given to the President of the United States upon his election. And to the extent the Espionage Act or some paper pusher act attempts to diminish or reduce the circle of power that a president has, they're unconstitutional. You want to change it? You amend the Constitution. That's what you're supposed to do. Now, of course... As I explain this to you, we have radical judges throughout the District of Columbia, thanks to Obama and Biden, We have a few Trump judges who do not appear to be all that sharp at the district court level. I believe we have Supreme Court justices that understand what I say, if they haven't been so thoroughly intimidated by the Dobbs decision. But the Espionage Act, to me, as it was originally applied, was unconstitutional anyway. It's certainly unconstitutional as applied to a president of the United States. That's why it's never been applied to a president of the United States. That's why an attorney general and a U.S. attorney have never attempted to apply it against a president of the United States. They have no idea if, as I speak, Barack Obama took documents with him, let alone classified documents. How would they know unless they issue a subpoena to search his five mansions. They have no idea if George W. Bush has classified information down there in Waco or Waco, Texas. They have no idea. They have no idea if Bill Clinton has classified documents as I speak. They have no idea if Dick Cheney has them. They have no idea if Vice President Biden took any. None. Because they've never looked. They've never looked. How would they know? Well, Mark, you yourself said they have batch numbers and track, but apparently not. It took 19 months to figure out that Donald Trump had material related to nuclear weapons, which, of course, is a lie, but I'm just playing it out. 19 months? Some urgency. So I want to encourage those listening. The Espionage Act of 1917 cannot be applied against a president. But what about a former president? He didn't take the documents as a former president. He took them as president. I'll be right back.
2: Mark in.
0: To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Now, the Department of Justice announced about an hour ago that it will not release the affidavit or the declaration spelling out the core substance, the fundamentals of the search warrant. Now, if you're just a pedestrian like the rest of us and you heard the attorney general, Merrick Garland, speak out the other day, you would have thought he was releasing everything. We're we're going to release, you know, uh, he said the, you know, the, the search warrant. But obviously not the affidavit. I don't much care. I think the whole thing is crooked and corrupt and unconstitutional. That said, I want you to know what they said about why they're not going to release it. And I also want you to know that the reasons I said that they issued this search warrant or sought it and got it in the first place still hold. Apart from the violation of the Constitution by using the Espionage Act, I would argue this search warrant, this search warrant, I'm no former federal prosecutor, so I can actually address this objectively without the taint of their careers To get your free subscription, go to LevinforHillsdale.com right now. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com.
1: This is America's Constitutional Convention. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now. 877-381-3811.
0: Harriet Hageman running against Liz Cheney. The uh, in-person vote is tomorrow in Wyoming. We'll be on this program in the third hour. And I do want to remind our friends in Alaska... Please do not vote under any circumstances for Lisa Murkowski. Period. She's a disaster. So why was this warrant defective? Least under the Constitution. I don't care what practices have been in place. Well let's read part of this together, shall we? I think we shall. Attachment B property to be seized. All physical documents and records constituting evidence, contraband, fruits of crime, or other items illegally possessed in violation of 18 U.S.C. 793, the Espionage Act, 2071 records production, or 1519 obstruction, including the following, A, any physical documents with classification markings, along with any containers, boxes, including any other contents in which such documents are located, as well as any other containers, boxes that are collectively stored or found together with the aforementioned documents and container boxes. B, information, including communications in any form regarding the retrieval, storage, or transmission of national defense information or classified material. C, any government and or presidential records created between January 20, 2017 and January 20, 2021, D, any evidence of knowing alteration, destruction, or concealment of any government and or presidential records or of any documents with classification (coughs) markings. Now, there's a lot to unload here, but let me unload what really matters. Any, this is C, any government and or presidential records created between January 20, 2017 and January 2021. That would be during President Trump's term in office. All right. Now let's talk about the 14th Amendment. What does, excuse me, the 4th Amendment. What does the 4th Amendment say? Part of your Bill of Rights. The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. And no warrants shall issue, but upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, that's that affidavit. Here we go. And particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. Particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. Any government and or presidential records created between January 20, 2017 and January 20, 2021. Now, obviously, you can't know in advance. Can you? If such documents exist, but if they exist everywhere in somebody's house, everywhere. What this search warrant did, and in my view, violated the Fourth Amendment, is it gave unconstitutional power, a grant of power, to the FBI and prosecutors who have a hate on for Trump to go into his home and search everything. We're not even talking here about the plain view doctrine, which I talked about last week. Nothing to do with that. This warrant authorizes this kind of a search by this master. The warrant signed by a master. It's not a federal judge. Any government and or presidential records created between january 20, 2017 and january twenty twenty one. You can search for them and seize them. Perhaps that explains why they went into Melania Trump's clothes closet. Because C out of A, B, C, and D, and I would argue others, but let's stay focused on C violates the particularity requirement. Of the Fourth Amendment, one more time. Particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. Why do we have a Fourth Amendment? Because several states demanded it before they, before they would vote on the Constitution that was adopted in Philadelphia. They didn't call it the Fourth Amendment, but they were very concerned about what were called general warrants, or writs of assistance. The British would abuse the colonists by printing these general warrants, which became known as writs of assistance, in which the monarchy would grant soldiers these broad powers to search the homes, the businesses, the persons, the papers of the colonists. So they could search virtually any home they liked, at any time they liked, for any reason they liked, or no reason at all. What was happening, obviously, is they wanted to see who was joining this resistance and then uh, revolution. So the framers of the Bill of Rights, which came after the Constitution, considered this to be unreasonable. Of course, they were right. Of course, they were right. So did the government have a valid interest, such as public safety, which is a key one, in searching through Melania's closet, in searching through the entirety, virtually, of the living quarters at Mar-a-Lago of the Trump family? Public safety issue or concerned about a Potential crime apart from maintaining documents, apart from maintaining documents, which is why everybody's at first scratched their heads and said, You're doing a search warrant for threatening the president of the United States, an unprecedented act because of documents, because of documents. The presumption is, even the Supreme Court ruled in 1980 under Peyton versus New York, that a search without a warrant is presumed to be unreasonable. Some cases they can be reasonable for a number of reasons I don't need to get into here. But there are also cases where search warrants are issued that are unreasonable. For instance, if they grant way too broad of authority and undermine the entire purpose of a judge ordered and judge overseen search warrant in the first place. So not only is the Espionage Act not a justification in my view, because it would be unconstitutional as applied to a leaving president, and by the way, the argument the president and his lawyers make is they already declassified them. I want to get into that in a sort of a footnote point. But here I argue the search warrant was simply way too broad. The judge, this master, authorized far too of an ambiguous and generalized search parameters. It doesn't fix it by saying, oh, by the way, look for classified information. And, And of course, they knew there was classified information. They'd been in there two months earlier and they didn't take it. So there was no urgency. There really wasn't. And so the privacy and the property was violated by the government in violation of the Fourth Amendment. In addition, we learn more today. Of course, the Justice Department opposes the release of the underlying affidavit, they say it would serve as a roadmap to the government's investigation, providing specific details about its direction and likely course in a manner that is highly likely to compromise future investigative steps. Talk about a future president. I have no idea why they would have to say this. But the president of the United States tweeted out, Oh, great, It has been, it just been learned that the FBI and its now famous raid on Mar-a-Lago took boxes of privileged attorney-client material, and also exclusive privileged material, which they knowingly should not have taken. By copy of this truth, I respectfully request that these documents be immediately returned to the location from which they were taken. Thank you. I heard one legal analyst say that they're going to have to set up what they call, like it or not, a Chinese wall within the Department of Justice, where there are certain lawyers who will be on the other side of the wall to independently review the documents to make a determination of whether they're applicable or not. That might be fine when you're dealing with discovery matters. Particularly when you're dealing with discovery requests involving the Department of Justice, where it needs to make such decisions and so forth. But when you're dealing with a search warrant and documents and boxes have already been taken. You can make the presumption that the attorney-client privilege has already been pierced. Because at least theoretically, although I don't believe they did this, but even according to parts of the warrant, at least theoretically, they're looking through the boxes, right? They're nine and a half hours. How can you prove a negative if you're the defense? So the presumption is they violated attorney-client privilege. And the Department of Justice doesn't get to decide whether they did or not. A court has to decide whether they did or not. So this is far more complicated as a result of the way the Department of Justice conducted itself than people make it seem. Yes, attorney-client privilege does actually apply to Donald Trump, even though I know they keep subpoenaing his lawyers or getting warrants and taking their documents and saying there's the crime-fraud exception and they make these these assertions and just start grabbing all the documents. You wouldn't want that to happen to you, would, it? would you? Presidents ask them to return them. I don't believe they've gotten an answer yet. President also points out in another tweet, "In the raid by the FBI, they stole my three passports, one expired, along with everything else. This is an assault on a political opponent at a lever never seen before in our country. Third world. Well, why don't they return them? Where are these boxes? Who's in charge of them? Is the court overseeing it? Has the court done anything? How about the Attorney General? Isn't he concerned about the Constitution? Isn't he concerned about attorney-client privilege? He's not supposed to do the dirty work of the Biden administration of the Democrat Party. Or to be the hatchet man for the U.S. attorney hatchet. There's supposed to be a lot of protections in place on the criminal side. So once again, it's my contention that the Espionage Act of 1917 cannot apply to a president and he is president at the time that he takes the documents and leaves office that's number one number two this act was never intended to apply to ex-presidents under any circumstances that's why it's never been applied to them we have no idea of the living ex-presidents what they have in their homes and in their offices the living vice presidents what they have in their homes and offices Neither does the National Archives. They can assert, well, they follow the rules, but that doesn't mean they know whether there are files in the homes or the businesses of these individuals. You know, the foggiest idea. None. Number three, the search warrant, in my view, was way too broad and therefore defective under the Fourth Amendment and unconstitutional. Way too broad. I'll be right back. Mark in Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Primus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty for fifty years in primus has featured speeches given at hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers these days hillsdale publishes people like victor davis hansen molly hemingway and chris rufo over six point two million american households and businesses receive in primus absolutely free and i urge you to sign up for it today At absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. For those who say... You know, we need more facts to figure out what's going on here. Actually you don't, if you understand the Constitution. They want to send you down a rabbit hole. Well, I need to get into the weeds, I need no you don't. At the Federalists, Tristan Justice, who's a very smart young young man points out the FBI search warrant authorizing a government raid of former President Trump's Florida residence sought an exhaustive list of any White House records the president ever came in contact with, according to the document obtained by the Federalists that we all have now seen. Outlining the property to be seized by the more than 30 agents who rummaged through the former president's mansion, the warrant demanded confiscation of any document Trump ever saw, read, or created for the entirety of his four years as commander-in-chief. In other words, had Trump written something down on a napkin, federal officials were authorized to raid the former president's home and capture it. The affidavit allegedly asserting probable cause has not been made available to the public by the DOJ or the federal court that sealed it. That is the master on behalf of the federal court. That's because what was done here was unconstitutional. Case closed.
1: Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
0: America, obviously the first hour of this program, all of it, but particularly the first hour is must listening for the rest of the media, including our guys. Because virtually word for word, what I told you the first hour is now spreading out. What did Rush call it? The echo chamber? We got to figure out a phrase. We got to figure out a phrase, too. Because now people are looking at that warrant the way I did, the way I went through it with you for a full hour. And saying, wait a minute. This was way too broad. Hello, 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 hello. Unbelievable. But you know what? It's probably important now. Don't you think? As Rush would say, the echo chamber. We have this from Fox. Notice how I give credit to everyone and everything. National Archives official notified Department of Justice in Trump probe declined to do the same over Clinton emails. Ah. What do we have here? The official who triggered the federal probe into former President Trump's handling of classified documents opted against doing the same concerning Hillary Clinton's email scandal. David Ferrero, who served as the director of the National Archives and Records Administration, NARA, from November 2009 until he retired just this past April said in a February letter to House Oversight Committee leadership that his staff had started communicating with the Department of Justice earlier this year. Not even the National Archives. Not even the National Archives. In January, Trump returned 15 boxes of documents from his time in office to NARA after the agency notified him the material belonged to the federal government. Because NARA identified classified information in the boxes. NARA staff has been in communication with the Department of Justice, he wrote in a February letter. Okay. Well, there is an admission against interest. February, March, April, May, June, July, August. So even based on his admission, they knew of classified information, Mr. Reducers, for six months? For six months? And if they knew about it in February, they knew about it the February before. 18 months. But as as I said, it's all unconstitutional. After negotiations broke down between Trump and federal investigators in recent months, we know about the search warrant. However, Ferrero said he took a different approach in 2015 when Senator Chuck Grassley, Republican, who at the time chaired the Senate Judiciary Committee asked whether the National Archives had notified the Department of Justice about its investigation into the deletion, not just the removal, the deletion of Clinton's emails during her time as Secretary of State. The Federal Records Act requires that when a deletion occurs, remember she wasn't President, she was Secretary of State, the head of the agency in question, must notify the archivist. And with the help of the archivist, initiate an action through the Attorney General for the recovery of those records, Grassley wrote, September 4, 2015. Will you now request the Attorney General initiate an action for recovery for the 15 missing emails and potentially other federal records that may have been deleted by Secretary Clinton? In response, Ferrari said the National Archives didn't believe it was necessary to notify the Justice Department about the missing emails. Quote, Here's Grassley. In light of the ongoing activities, reviews, inquiries, and litigation, which the Department of Justice reportedly is actively involved, we do not believe, uh, rather this is the head of the Archives, that it is appropriate or necessary at this time for NARA to request that the Attorney General initiate an action, Ferraris, Ferraros, whatever, letter included a uh, timeline of events which showed National Archives first learned of Clinton's emails in March 2015, several months before the Justice Department began its review of Clinton's handling of potentially classified national security information. The archives never notified the Department of Justice about its own review and Clinton's email usage, according to the timeline, because that guy's a liberal Democrat. Her review, the email scandal arose following reports that while she had led the State Department, she used a private email server located in her New York home instead of a government email. And during a House Republican inquiry into her communications during the 2020 attack on the U.S. facilities in Libya, only then was it revealed that Clinton had deleted all the emails on the private server after she left office. The National Archives has not responded to a request for comment. The Aspen Institute, which lists Ferrari as a member, also didn't respond to a request for comment. I wonder why. Don't you, Mr. Producer? There's no answer other than to plead guilty to treating the former president one way and the former secretary of state another way. The Espionage Act does apply to the former Secretary of State. It does not apply to the former president as president. Hello, hello. Now, you want to hear another one? Here's another one. I'm trying to figure out where this is from. This is from msn.com. Claims Donald Trump could have compromised America's nuclear launch codes. Which is so ridiculous. They have nothing to demonstrate that. Have been rejected by one of the men who used to carry the famed nuclear football. Oh, do tell. Speaking to the Washington Compost, senior officials said there were concerns Trump had kept hold of classified documents, including some related to nuclear weapons. They have senior officials. It was one anonymous source. This sparked outrage on social media. Well, then, I guess it's upsetting. With some users worried Trump could have given away the U.S. launch codes. How is this news? That people are saying the worst things about the former president. And the question, of course, immediately is, and you have it on your minds, and we've repeated it here. Well, why the hell didn't they take the stuff when they were there? Why did they wait from June to August? Why did they wait from February to August? Why did they wait from January 2021 to August 2022? Tristan Snow previously was involved in legal action against the New York businessman over Trump University, raised the concern with his 251,000 Twitter followers. He has a serious question now. Does Donald Trump have the nuclear codes at Mar-a-Lago? What a genius. But the suggestion was rejected by Buzz Patterson, an author who served as senior military aide to President Bill Clinton between 1996 and 1998. During this time, Patterson was responsible for Clinton's emergency satchel, More commonly known as the nuclear football, which can be used by the president to launch a nuclear strike while they're away from designated command centers. The president cannot launch a nuclear strike by himself. I can tell you this with firsthand knowledge. Anyway, he tweeted, for those who buy the lie. Remember, this was a guy who advised Clinton that President Trump stole nuclear codes. It doesn't work like that. Codes change. When presidents change, it's not that intriguing. So his point, of course, is when Trump left, whatever codes he may or may not have had are irrelevant. Patterson's message struck a chord with other social media users receiving more than 8,000 likes and 2,000 retweets. In 2000, after he stepped down as senior military aide, Patterson wrote, just a reminder, but Bill Clinton actually lost the nuclear codes during my tenure with him. We weren't raided. In other words, we lost the codes. Clinton lost the then active nuclear codes and Trent and Clinton's homes and property. And of course, Hillary Clinton's closet, they were not searched. They were not raided. In his 2010 memoir, Without Hesitation, The Odyssey of an American Warrior, General Hugh Shelton, chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, from 1997 to 2001, sensationally claimed Clinton's launch codes were misplaced. Shelton recounted how Pentagon officials repeatedly asked to see the codes around the year 2000, only to be told they were with the president. At this point, we learned that the aide had no idea where the old ones were because they had been missing for months. Clinton never did have them, but he assumed, I'm sure, that the aide had them like he was supposed to. General Shelton said at this point an internal investigation was launched and procedures around the codes tightened. How come they didn't use the Espionage Act against Bill Clinton? Does anybody know why, Mr. Producer? Would have been unconstitutional. That's why. That's why. He lost the codes, which is a violation under the Espionage Act, subject to a long a long prison sentence. But they didn't bring charges against Clinton. Because it would be unconstitutional. And if Donald Trump took classified information of Mar-a-Lago and decided to take it as president, they can't bring charges against him for that either, quite frankly. Now, he has said even, even more, another layer, that he had a standing order, that these things would be declassified. But he didn't follow the regulatory process. He doesn't have to follow any regulatory process. Regulations can't determine whether a president classifies or declassifies. There's nothing he can be charged with here, not legitimately in a real republic. Anyway, there we are. Unbelievable. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Right now, every business is trying to nickel and dime you. How much can they squeeze you to offset their increasing costs? It's a mess. That's why I love Pure Talk, my wireless company. And I want it to be your wireless company. Pure Talk drew the line in the sand and said, stop screwing over the American public. So when you sign up with Pure Talk this month, you're going to get their best ever offer one month free. One month free. You can lock in talk, text, and data on America's most reliable 5G network, for just 30 bucks a month, plus get one month free when you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com and enter code Levin Podcast for this special offer. That's L E V I N Podcast. Need another reason? When you choose Pure Talk, you're choosing to support American jobs. You're choosing to support a company whose CEO is a U.S. veteran. And with Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret it. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N, podcast, and get one month free. Tell me, what did the great governor of florida have to say about all this america's governor at turning point usa yesterday cut 11 go
3: these agencies have now been weaponized to be used against people that the government doesn't like and you look at the raid at mar-a-lago and I'm just trying to, I'm trying to remember, maybe someone here can remind me about when they did a search warrant at Hillary's house in Chappaqua, when she had a rogue server and she was laundering classified information. I don't remember them doing that. I do remember them manufacturing a false conspiracy theory about Russia collusion. I remember that. That was not true. That was an abuse of power. I remember a lawyer for the FBI got caught doctoring an application for FISA surveillance against an innocent man. I remember the FBI at Merrick Garland's direction being sicked on parents going to school board meetings. Meanwhile, when you have a law that protects Supreme Court justices, is the FBI out there protecting our conservative justices? No. When you have violations of law where people are targeting pregnancy crisis centers, are they doing their job and enforcing the law there? No. They're enforcing the law based on who they like and who they don't like. That is not a republic. Well, it may be. It's a banana republic when that happens.:
0: America's governor, right on. And by the way, John Carl, I watched some of "Your Sunday show yesterday. You're a disgrace. And boy, did you have a bunch of circle jerks, may I say? Circle clowns? Circle something there. Just unbelievable how pathetic and propagandistic you guys are. John Carl, what a joke. How pathetic. And your book died too, and it should have. Andrea Mitchell, you're a joke, but you've always been a joke. I heard and watched you too. Then I had enough... I had to wait for myself at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Mr. Producer, to get my sanity back. May I say? I think I did. I don't know this fella at all, but over at Instapundent, which is a great site, they linked to a site called Neo, the new Neo. Dot com, Not Khan. God forbid. More reflections on the Mar-a-Lago rate. Trump as an illegitimate president. One thing the Mar-a-Lago rate has driven home is that the left truly believes, and they think much of the public will agree, that what ordinarily would be allowed most presidents and ex-presidents is not allowed to Donald Trump. That's because they think and have always thought that he was an illegitimate president with no right to hold office doesn't matter which reasoning they use to explain the point of view. He's too uncouth. He's stupid. He's a clown. He's beneath us. He's a Russian puppet. He's a racist. He wears a MAGA hat. He didn't get the popular vote. Russian disinformation enabled his win. The bottom line is that they think he wasn't a real president and shouldn't be treated as one. He has possession of classified documents, indict him under an act that is virtually never used as a criminal statute. And absolutely never used against a president or ex-president because you know he really wasn't a real president and therefore he's not a real ex-president spy on him lie about him frame him shame him do whatever is necessary get a search warrant so general that allows you to search his entire residence and confiscate every bit of paper you find that has anything to do with his bogus non-presidential presidential years probable cause don't tell the american people what you cited as the probable cause Because the probable cause is actually that the illegitimate Trump deserves no respect and deserves everything bad that's coming to him. And they know that half of America will agree and applaud them. Oh, and the goal was never to get the documents for the documents' sake. They knew the documents were not at all at risk. The goal was to get evidence, to get Trump, period. What was it? Schumer said, oh, yeah. And he said it in 17 days before Trump's inauguration. Let me tell you, you take on the intel community, they have six ways from Sunday to get back at you. Is there any doubt whatsoever that the Mar-a-Lago raid is that intelligence community and the left getting back at Trump for the umpteenth time? Just to take one example of the attitude being expressed by the left, this is from Yahoo News. Quote, one factor that McCord, Mary McCord, national security lawyer under Obama, suggested would be on the minds of DOJ national security lawyers, is what Trump might have done with the highly classified material that was still believed to be at Mar-a-Lago. Are we worried that some of this information would actually be shared outside of Mar-a-Lago, potentially with foreign adversaries? I'd be really concerned about that, she said. Yes, we all know how soft Trump was on foreign adversaries, as opposed to previous tough guy Obama and current tough guy Biden. The left keeps peddling this preposterous dreck The MSM, mainstream media, keeps dutifully and uncritically spinning it back to the public. And half the country nods and says, yes, that's just what he was probably doing. Oh, yes. I will finish this. It's almost done. When I return, I shall return. Right now, every business is trying to nickel and dime you. How much can they squeeze you to offset their increasing costs? It's a mess. That's why I love Pure Talk, my wireless company, and I want it to be your wireless company. Pure Talk drew the line in the sand and said, stop screwing over the American public. So when you sign up with Pure Talk this month, you're going to get their best ever offer one month free. One month free. You can lock in talk, text, and data on America's most reliable 5G network. For just 30 bucks a month, plus get one month free when you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com and enter code Levin Podcast for this special offer. That's L E V I N Podcast. Need another reason? When you choose Pure Talk, you're choosing to support American jobs. You're choosing to support a company whose CEO is a U.S. veteran. And with Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret it. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N, podcast, and get one month free. Nobody says it better
1: than Mark Levin. I'll go with what Mark Levin said, because nobody could say it better. Call in now at 381 3811
0: So on this site, Neo, he concludes as follows, respecting Trump. His winning and becoming president was the outrage that cannot be forgiven ever. They could not believe it happened, and they think he must be prevented from ever winning again or ever taking a position of any kind of political power. Not just Trump, though. Any Republican who isn't part of the genteel never-Trumper club must never take power. And by the way, that's what Liz Cheney's all about. Any Republican who might really be serious about stopping them and especially about draining the so-called swamp cannot have any power. It is a deadly serious game and they are determined to win. Trump himself said, and he was correct, they're not after me, they're after you, I'm just in the way. And I've been talking about this at length now. The ruling class is in revolt. Trump is the greatest threat they've ever faced. Ever. Ever. There was... Calvin Coolidge, there was Ronald Reagan. And now there's Donald Trump. And I want to remind you, I must remind you, in 1964, when Ronald Reagan gave his speech on behalf of Barry Goldwater, it was considered right-wing Neo-Nazi-like, and yet it drew the attention of conservatives all over the country. And I want to remind you, when he challenged Gerald Ford in 1976, a sitting Republican president challenged by the former Republican governor of California, who again is considered right-wing extremist. They painted Reagan as a threat, as somebody who would use nuclear war, as a dunce. They went on and on and on. Don't allow your memories to fade. Now, nobody's been treated like Trump. Don't get me wrong, but I just want to make a point. You need to understand that the same ruling class, Democrats, media, and yes, Republicans, hated Reagan. It was on Reagan's third try that he got the nomination. They stood between Reagan and they being the Rockefeller types, the Scranton types. Today will be the Chris Christie types, the Larry Hogan types, Gerald Ford, George Bush, the Cheney types, my buddy Carl Rove, they never thought Reagan could win, and they did not want him nominated. But finally, finally he broke through. He broke through in a massive way. They did everything they could to stop him. And so did the press. In 1980, he won by one of the greatest electoral and... and uh, Electoral college landslides in American history. In 1984, it was even bigger. Bigger. Do you know Mitch McConnell did not support Reagan? He supported Ford. He worked for Ford, I believe, in the Ford Justice Department before he went home to run for judge or some position. Mitch McConnell's been on the wrong side of conservatism his entire life. I see my buddy Mark Thiessen, don't really know him, but he put out a tweet blaming Donald Trump if we lose the Senate again. No, Mark, it would be Mitch McConnell. For the Republicans running, it's every man and woman for him or herself. He does not have a message for them to coalesce around. Rick Scott has tried. He blamed the Tea Party in 2010 when he didn't get his majority. He blamed Trump the last cycle, and he'll blame Trump again. He never blames himself. He's the longest-serving Republican leader in the history of the U.S. Senate, and he's utterly and completely useless. But this is the nature, ladies and gentlemen, of McConnell and his followers. This is who they are, the enormous power he has in Washington amongst Lobbyists for major corporations, special interests. He knows that the control of the legislative agenda as the Republican leader is to control everything. Who gets what? McConnell hasn't helped any of the candidates that Donald Trump supported. Because the internal internecine fighting is more important to him as part of the ruling class, the ruling class despises you, Mr. and Mrs. America, they detest you, you're not to think for yourself, you're not to be independent, you're not to have free will. This is the nature of tyranny. It happens virtually in every society. It's what makes this one, at least originally, so unique and the Constitution, so unique and the Declaration, remarkable. Remarkable. It's always the collective. It's always the so-called bigger picture. And it's amazing how so few among us know how to run everything. They just passed a bill 51 to 50 in the Senate, 220 to 217 in the House that is going to destroy America's technological advancements and medical advancements on drugs. For drugs. And they're going to campaign taking credit for it. And if you oppose them, you must be for big pharma. I'm not for big pharma. What is big pharma? To me or to you or to anybody. What you oppose is them. They're going to create shortages of Research and development, the way they've created shortages of everything else. What they're doing is not new. The British socialist system, the French socialist system, the German socialist system, they've all done it. And they all rely on our pharmaceutical companies to come up with new inventions. But have you noticed the articles from time to time that there may be 5,000 people with a rare disease or 20,000 people with a rare disease? And for the British and the French and the Canadians you're on your own you'll have to die you'll have to suffer that's the way it is but that's not the way it is in america why because you got to make enough money off of one drug to help you subsidize making drugs for those 5,000 or 10,000 or 20,000 the point is we have the most compassionate healthcare system in the world but if you listen to the Marxists and their media, we have the least compassionate health care system in the world. It's all about redistributing wealth and big pharma, like big oil and big meat and big, big, big tampon, and big, you know, big mouths on the left. Big government, baby. The bureaucracy is an appendage of the Democrat Party. They build it, they own it and they take money from you to expand it. Why do you think every single Democrat, hear me, every single Democrat in the Senate and the House, everyone voted for 87,000 new IRS agents? All the phony moderates, like that jerk in New Jersey. What's his name again, Mr. Producer? I'll never remember it. Gottheimer Schmidt. Gottheimer. He's the leader of the moderates, don't you know, moron? He voted for it. Every massive spending bill, every dollar in debt hasn't done a damn thing to voice serious, effective concern about the border. There are no moderates in the Democrat Party. They all voted for that. I want to remind you, before they voted for this, (coughs) excuse me, before they voted for this 700 and some odd billion dollars, they had already voted for another 52 billion dollars to subsidize the big tech oligarchs. And before that, they voted another $300 billion. $300 billion, Because John Leibowitz insisted that they do it. $300 billion. They voted in the last month for another one, over $1 trillion. In the face of inflation. Another $1 trillion. They're not done spending the COVID money. From a year ago. There's more paper pouring into this economy. It's unbelievable. More illegal immigrants pouring into this country any time in our history. Any time. More illegal drugs pouring into this country any time in our history. Fentanyl deadly on the first use. More destruction of the minds of our children going on in the classroom than ever before. More anti-Americanism. No wonder they hate Trump. He loves the country. Trump said no to critical race theory. Trump said no. No to men and women's sports. Regardless of what they think of themselves. Or what they lop off and out on. He said no. He said no to open borders. We're going to secure it. Took more steps to do that in any president in modern history. He said no to crap in our classrooms, to brainwashing our children. No. He said no to wokeism in our military. He said no to trashing our cops. No, no more. He said, you pull down any more monuments, you're going to jail. Federal government can only do so much. It's really up to the states and locals. And in the blue states, the Marxists ran nuts. He said no to China when it came to Taiwan. Not on my watch. He said no to Russia when it came to Ukraine. He said Germany, no on that damn pipeline. You're going to regret it. He said to NATO, we're going to get out of NATO unless you pay your fair share. More money's been spent on NATO under Trump than ever before. He said no to Iran, put his foot on their neck, was choking their economy. Now they have nuclear technology in 18, 19 months under Biden. Peace was breaking out in the Middle East. No, he said. And the main reason they hate Trump, Mr. Producer. It's because of his tough stand on China. They're all in China. They're all bought and paid for. From the Bidens to other Democrat leaders, Swalwell and the rest. The Confucius, the Confucius money pouring into our colleges and universities. The corporate money pouring into communist China from all walks of life. He was rocking the boat. You can't walk the boat. So they want to destroy him. China, Russia, Iran, and the Democrats. Imagine that. The Democrats, Communist China, Fascistic Russia, and the Islamo-Nazi regime in Iran. And the Democrats. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Right now, every business is trying to nickel and dime you. How much can they squeeze you to offset their increasing costs? It's a mess. That's why I love Pure Talk, my wireless company. And I want it to be your wireless company. Pure Talk drew the line in the sand and said, stop screwing over the American public. So when you sign up with Pure Talk this month, you're going to get their best ever offer. One month free. One month free. You can lock in talk, text, and data on America's most reliable 5G network. For just 30 bucks a month, plus get one month free when you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com and enter code Levin Podcast for this special offer. That's L E V I N Podcast. Need another reason? When you choose Pure Talk, you're choosing to support American jobs. You're choosing to support a company whose CEO is a U.S. veteran. And with Pure Talk's no risk money back guarantee, you won't regret it. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, that's Levin Podcast. That's L E V I N Podcast. And get one month free. The problem we have right now, ladies and gentlemen, there's no check on the authority when one party controls the Senate, even by the skin of its teeth, the House, the executive branch, the courts in Washington, D.C., for the most part, the U.S. Attorney's Office, where they can call in a grand jury or a jury of their peers, not of the peers, the people who appear before them, which is very, very problematic. Where do you go for justice? Where do you go? There's nowhere to go. Where do you go to be heard? When America Pravda is attacking anybody with whom they disagree and will not allow for an honest discussion, where do you go? I mean, other than here and a few other places. You, you get the point, though. An American Pravda... The Democrat Party, they are the ruling class. The bureaucracy and many of these long-in-the-tooth Republicans who don't want to rock the boat, but they're very, very happy to be in power, even if it's in the minority. Newt Gingrich used to talk about that. That's not an effective counter or balance to what's taking place. So when you get a guy like Trump elected, and he is doing things that make a difference, and he's rocking the boat. And he's trying to slow down this trajectory. Not that you have to agree with 100% of what he said or did. That's, that's not even realistic. And he's not an ideologue. He's conservative by, by thought, by tradition, by, by love of country. He sees that this is a dangerous, dangerous thing. Well, he has to be put down. Peaceful protesters on January 6th, not the not the violent ones. Pete, they have to be put down. His staff has to be arrested in very public in embarrassing ways. Republican legislatures have to be attacked. And you need to be warned. Keep your mouth shut. Don't challenge what's taking place. And learn to use the language that's being imposed on. You. I'll be back. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to ask you a question. Did you know withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky? That's right. Banks are now required to spy on us for the government. And they report any behavior they think is suspicious. It's true. And I was shocked when I read the secret war on cash from Swiss America. The new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution. Against all freedom-loving Americans. So, you need to read the war on cash. Get your free copy by calling 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. This war on cash is growing daily and also includes all forms of digital money. Please get and read The Secret War on Cash free to my listeners by calling now 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492. Or visit SwissAmerica.com He's
1: here He's here Now broadcasting From the underground command post Deep in the bowels of a hidden Bunker somewhere under the brick And steel of a nondescript building We've once again made contact With our leader Mark Levin
3: As soon as the act goes into uh, effect, I hope that all of the provisions will begin to work. I am. Uh, I, I know that those who have been blaming President Biden for the inflation going up are now giving President Biden all the credit for inflation going down. So we're moving things in the right direction already. Yeah, and what parts of the bill do you think will will quickly work
2: on that specifically? The, the, uh, next question.
0: Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mark Levin here. That was Jamie Raskin, the the smartest Democrat uh, on the communist side of the ledger, he and AOC and so forth. Everybody knows it will have no effect on inflation except to increase it. This bill is the "Bill Back Better bill. It didn't cost as much, but there's a lot of out-year expenses, and it put in place all these programs, all these taxes, all these regulations for the next multiple years, fifty one fifty vote in the Senate, every Democrat, two twenty to two seventeen in the House, every Democrat, no moderates, no moderates. do you hear me New Jersey? Do you hear me Virginia? Do you hear me Michigan, and the rest of the country? Some of you have Democrats who claim to be moderates no moderates. You don't vote for a bill like this and then claim to be a moderate with all your lies, your stinking lies about what it'll do. Manchin, absolute fraud always was. And I had him pointed out years ago. Years ago. What's the real deal here? Cut 16. Stempy Hoyer on MSLSD. Cut 16. Go.
4: Uh, Reverend, it's the biggest investment in, uh, in the environment and in climate ch- uh, challenge. Uh, in the history of of the world, Uh, and it's going to make a real difference uh, as we deal with what we clearly see. This
0: idiot has been in Congress forever. He was lieutenant governor of Maryland before that. He ran for governor in the Democrat primary years ago. He lost. He's been stinking up the halls of Congress ever since. He's a truly dumb guy. He's a hatchet man, but so dumb and such a hatchet they would never make him speaker. And Stumpy Hoyer would say, hey, look, we just spent a boatload on climate change boatload. That's what this is about, climate change. But it's more than that. Here we have Brian Stelter on CNN. You would think he would go the way of Jeffrey Tubin. Not yet. Cut 17 Go."
4: Oliver, you know we got short shrift this week. The House passing that historic climate bill, the Inflation Reduction Act. One of the
0: components of the bill is a lot more funding for the IRS to hire tens of... see, 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 see. He's in talks like a, It's a historic bill, ladies and gentlemen. Historic. Until CNN cleans out the radical Democrats, the low IQ dummies, it will always be viewed as the constipated news network... To us. Go ahead.
4: More IRS agents in order to try to make sure people are paying how much they're supposed to pay. What was that called on the right? It was called a terrifying overreach by the government. The
5: reason I'm bringing
0: it up. These guys are perfectly fine with tyranny, totalitarianism, abuse of power, violations of the Constitution, and all the rest, as long as their team, quote unquote, is in power. Not me. I see no use for doubling the IRS and undermining the Border Patrol. He doesn't talk this way when it comes to police officers. How come the IRS agents aren't a white-dominant, systemically discriminatory bunch, Mr. Producer? How come IRS agents aren't part of the white-dominant society? Hmm? But the cops are. But the Border Patrol is, even though half of them are Hispanic. Go ahead. Mm. Let's just just call it what it is. MAGA Media's hatred of government. Ah, Shut up, you moron. (laughs) Oh, my. Brian Stelter. Mr. B.S. Helter Skelter. It is amazing that Mr. You know, he's uh, he's I think he's on the Hall of Fame wall. At Towson State, where he graduated from, Mr. Produce. Did you know that? He went from Towson to the New York Slimes to the Constipated News Network. What's next? What's next? I think in charge of uh, sonograms at uh, at a public hospital. I think that's about it. That's him. Who else do we have here? Uh, we have... Um, Ah, screw these people. I don't want to talk to any more of them. Let's take a call, Mr. Producer. Do we have a, uh, a good caller, a gold medalist? I can't hear you. Carlton in Fort Worth, Texas, the great WBAP. Carlton, I have a friend named Carlton. He's in Atlanta. Go right ahead, my friend.
1: Well, what a privilege to talk to you, sir. Thank you. My daddy spent 26 years in the Air Force. He retired as a colonel. He spent most of his time as a combat pilot, flying B-47s and B-58s out of Little Rock. Mm. And you can, I'm telling you, and you can tell your listeners that these damn combat codes change about every hour or two. They don't stay the same
0: hmm. But you know what? The enemy from within could care less. They could yeah. care less. Their hero, Bill Clinton, showed the communist Chinese how to get a rocket off the ground and how to merve them. And they defended Clinton. Yeah. Their Clinton, Hillary Clinton, had a server in violation of federal law that had classified information run through it. Then she tried to cover her tracks by destroying her iPhone and with a hammer and deleting all the emails, literally washing them off, or whatever they call it. And there she is. She's still in uh, Westchester, living the good old life. And we we can go on and on. It's quite clear, is it not, sir, that uh, we've reached the point of tyranny here?
1: No, I I appreciate you taking my call, but I just wanted to let you know that After watching him for 26 and a half years and retiring as a full colonel, you know, these combat codes change constantly. There's nothing in concrete.
0: All right, my friend. Thank you for that information. Meanwhile, the oligarchs and big tech, they just received their $50 billion, Mr. Producer, in America. And they intend to pay back the people who gave it to them. Twitter announces they're going to put their thumb on the scale for midterms again. See, as soon as Elon Musk, it appears that he will not be owning them. They're back to their old games. This is Red State, Nick Arama. Twitter's at it again. They just announced steps to, quote, protect, unquote, the midterm elections. According to the Twitter thread, quote, Starting today, we'll begin enforcing the civic integrity policy in the context of the U.S. 2022 midterms. This means we'll take action against misleading claims about the voting process, misleading content intended to intimidate or dissuade people from participating in the election, or misleading claims that may undermine public confidence in election outcomes. Now, what does this involve? Well, the civic integrity policy covers the most common types of harmful misleading information about elections and civic events such as claims about how to participate in a civic process like how to vote misleading content intended to intimidate or dissuade people from participating in the election and misleading claims intended to undermine public confidence in an election including false information about the outcome of the election tweets with this content may be labeled with links to credible information or helpful context And Twitter will not recommend or amplify this content in areas of the product where Twitter makes recommendations. People on Twitter will see a prompt prior to liking or sharing label tweets. And in cases where there is potential for harm associated with a false or misleading claim, the tweet may not be liked or shared to prevent the spread of the misleading information. They want to protect our conversations. So in accordance with their effort since they want to protect the integrity of elections Nick points out he has several ideas which he provides which are very clever The big tech oligarchs know No who massages them Let me put it that way It's big government They're working with the Democrats They're working with the bureaucracy they just got billions and billions of dollars in subsidies from you, the hardworking middle class and lower middle class. That is hardworking Americans. You're subsidizing these billionaires and these overpaid executives. we are also doing, doing the bidding of communist China. This is why they hate Trump. This is why they hate conservatives. And this is why we despise them. I'll be right back
2: love in
0: Welcome back, America. We have with us the conservative Republican trying to defeat the never-Trumper, Benedict Arnold, who is promoting the Democrat Party agenda. We have with us Harriet Hageman, who's running against Lynn Cheney in the Republican primary. Harriet, how are you, my friend?
6: I am wonderful, Mark. Thank you for having me on this evening.
0: It's my pleasure. We've endorsed Harriet, as has President Trump, as has any patriotic American who actually understands the Constitution. Now, Harriet Hagman, I know Lynn Cheney's running hard today in Wyoming. I think she's probably been to at least one event um <laughs> she has raised an enormous amount of money only half of which she's spending because she has her eyes on the presidency.
6: How does it look for she you in Wyoming on right something, now? Mark.
0: Yes, Pardon yes, me? but not Wyoming.
6: How it look? It looks very good. There was a poll released last week by the University of Wyoming. I think that they probably oversampled Democrats and it shows me beating her by about 30 points. So they, I know that she worked hard to uh, to get Democrats to come out for her. She even sent out a flyer, even spent the tens of thousands of dollars to send out a flyer that was specifically directed to Democrats, instructing them on how to change parties so that they could vote for Liz Cheney. So they, it's just not working because she continues to do what she's been doing for the last year and a half, which is pursue her own agenda. And Nancy Pelosi's agenda agenda and Adam Schiff's agenda and the Democrats agenda. But she sure isn't pushing forward with Wyoming's And Wyoming is just flat fed up.
0: And she's not really from Wyoming, is she? I mean, she was raised in northern Virginia. She went to school in schools outside of Wyoming. Her only connection to Wyoming was her heritage. But she's really never been comfortable in Wyoming, has she?
6: She's never really lived in Wyoming. She lived here as a child. And then as you say, once her father was elected in 1978, would have made, which would have made her probably in sixth grade, sixth or seventh grade, when her father was elected in 1978, they moved to Virginia. She's either been there or down in the Springs where she went to college or Chicago where she went to law school or working for her dad's administration once George W. Bush was elected to the presidency. So has very little contact with Wyoming, um, bought a second home here in 2013. I will give her that. She did buy a second home here, but that isn't where she lives. And I I do think it's telling that during the COVID, uh, when everybody was locked down, uh, that she wasn't in Wyoming. She wasn't here. She was in her home in Virginia. And so that's that's really her her husband works for a a a great democrat law firm there in Washington DC a law firm that works for people like Hunter Biden and the and the CCP uh and that's that's where she calls home that's where their life has been made that's where their money is made Wyoming is an afterthought and Wyoming only has one congressional representative and we need to make it count when we needed to count on her she wasn't there uh at the very time that things got tough she walked away and the the swampiness came out in her and it's now time to replace her but i've often said mark i'm not just running against liz channing i'm running for wyoming i have my own platform i know what i want to do when i am in congress and i've been already uh, meeting with and talking to people about how to make sure that we can carry those things forward that are important to wyoming
0: and wyoming needs real representation in the house as you say there's only one seat in the House of Representatives, it is a huge state geographically. You have all kinds of natural resources, you have farmers, you have ranchers, and they are underrepresented. They are under attack with the war on fossil fuels and government grabbing as much uh, you know, land as it can and making it public and so forth. If she were half as much as interested in what Wyoming's need, is that a word, Wyoming's?
6: Wyomingites. We're Wyoming, Wyomingites.
0: You mean like Levinites? How do you like that? Yes. Wyomingites need (laughs) if she would only spend half as much time, she would be an effective congressperson in the in, in the house from Wyoming. But she doesn't spend virtually any time on any of this. I can't think of a single thing she's done in any effective way. Can you?
6: Well, and it's only gotten worse since she threw all of the Republicans under the bus over the last year and a half, because now her only allies are the Democrats. She came out in an interview the other day and said she'd rather work with Democrat women than Republican women. She she voted in favor of the, the gun control law, which is just absolute heresy in the state of Wyoming. Um, she was not available. She absented herself from Washington, D.C. when they took the, the vote, when the House took the vote on whether to uh, uh, make Roe versus Wade a statutory, a federal statutory right. She didn't even vote on it to protect life, although she claims to be pro-life. But again, because at this point, she's so dependent on trying to get some Democrats to vote for her in Wyoming. She knew she didn't want to make a mad. So, again, the gun control that she recently voted for is absolutely reprehensible. And she isn't representing Wyoming. She doesn't represent our interests. She doesn't represent our agenda. Uh, Just uh, about a month ago, Joe Biden withdrew 2,000 oil and gas leases on federal land in Wyoming. It's going to have an enormous impact on our budget. It's going to have an enormous impact on gas prices throughout the country. It was a terrible thing to do. They'd already gone through all of the the environmental review that was done necessary, and he withdrew 2,000 additional oil and gas leases in Wyoming on federal land. Just this week, they withdrew almost all of the oil and gas leases on federal land in the state of Colorado, and our lone representative is virtually silent on that travesty, on those actions and the damage that they will cause, not only to our state, but to the nation as a whole. She has remained silent, And, and the only thing I can figure out is that because she has aligned herself so closely with Pelosi, Schiff, Kinzinger, uh, Jamie Raskin, because she has aligned herself with them, she can't vote against the Democrat agenda at this point, even if she wanted to.
0: She doesn't want to be uh, turned on by her new media friends, The Times, New York Times, Washington Post, the TV networks. And so she's basically flipped. She's pretty much flipped to the Democrat side, wouldn't you say?
6: I would agree with that.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen in Wyoming, come on now. A big, big, big win is necessary. We very much want Harriet Hagman in the House of Representatives and all the other Republicans you can vote for in that state as well. It's Hagman for Wyoming.com. H-A-G-E-M-A-N for Wyoming.com. Tomorrow's the big day. We wish you all the luck in the world.
6: Thank you, Mark. We'll talk soon.
0: Yes.
1: The Mark Levin Show is tomorrow's morning show. You can reach Mark now at 877-381-3811. Mr. Producer, to whom shall I speak, friend
0: or foe? The great KSFO, Jane, Santa Rosa, California. Friend, how are you? Mr. Levin, good afternoon. Good, how are you, sir?
4: I'm very good and I really appreciate the chance to talk to you. Um, yeah, Yo. I was listening to Brian Kilmeade on Fox over the weekend, and he mused, mused about uh, the IRS and the 87,000 uh, upcoming agents. And he said, kind of offhand, I wonder what they're going to do with them. And I got thinking that You know, there's not many things you can do with eighty-seven thousand new agents. That's larger than the the all uh, military of Canada and most other countries. Um,
0: What do you mean? There's not much you can do with them.
4: Well, there's one thing. uh, The head of uh, IRS has said that he's not going to be auditing. Small.
0: OK, different. he's a liar. Look, well, there's 700 billionaires in this country. You don't need eighty seven thousand plus another 80,000 IRS agents that are already there to audit 700 billionaires. They reach for what we call the low hanging fruit. The low hanging fruit are are the working stiff. So the people who work <clears throat> and uh, and this is where you get your uh, your bang for the buck, as they say. So that's why that's going to continue. That's why the vast majority of audits have been of people of modest means and even very little means. That is exactly what's going to take place. Now they have a massive army of IRS agents. And I just want, thank you for your call, sir. I just want the American people to understand every single Democrat voted for it. Every single Republican voted against it. And what I am saying now is, and what I am saying now is, The Republicans should make a pledge that if and when they take the House and Senate and the presidency in 2024, they will defund every one of those 87,000. And this is why I think we may not win the Senate because guys like Mitch McConnell are not saying things like this. They refuse to campaign on a conservative record. They refuse to embrace the conservative base. They refuse to push back. Another caller, Mr. Producer, go right ahead. And by the way, before I take Theodore, the communist Chinese continue to brutalize Taiwan. And they act like they're very angry, you know, they're very angry, America dares to have... We've had relations with Taiwan since Formosa became Taiwan. You know what this is, ladies and gentlemen? Mark my words. You know we're right about these things. This is a slow motion invasion of Taiwan. I told you a couple years ago we were in a Cold War with Communist China. Nobody would believe it. Nobody said it. What do you mean? Uh, Pass the French fries. But I am telling you now that Taiwan is in the midst of a slow motion invasion. The communist Chinese are doing it in stages. Doing it in stages, then all of a sudden, they're going to hit the place. That's exactly what's going on. That's exactly what's going on. I also told you, because it's an island not far from the main coast of mainland communist China, that they'd be able to encircle Taiwan, making it virtually impossible to get Taiwan what it needs. So they've had months and months and months to give Taiwan the arms that Taiwan needs, and they don't have them. They don't have them. And at the same time, Iran is breaking out with its nukes. And the Republicans are barely even talking about this. They think they make a speech on the floor of the Senate, the media are going to cover it, and they walk away. There's a handful of Republicans who consistently talk about it. Like in the Senate, you'll get Tom Cotton, you'll get Ted Cruz, you'll get Marco Rubio, very few others. In the House, you get a few really good veterans. This guy, Mike Gallagher, Michael Waltz, Brian Mast, and I, by the way, endorse all of them in their primaries and for the Congress. But you don't hear this as a regular messaging by the Republicans. And it's crucially important. Now we're down there begging Panama at the Panama Canal, please, please don't issue Congress to the uh, 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 contracts to the Communist Chinese to manage both ends of the Panama Canal. Ronald Reagan's rolling in his grave. I know it if you can believe it. It's shocking. We're begging the government of the Solomon Islands, where God knows how many Marines lost their lives at Guadalcanal and other places, where my great uncle fought. We're begging them, please don't give the communist Chinese a base in the middle of the Pacific. We're begging them. So we have this slow motion invasion of Taiwan going on now. That's what's taking place. They're using these amphibious tanks and other amphibious weapons. Or machines. Doing practicing with them. They treat Taiwan's airspace like it's non-existent. They treat Taiwan's waters like they're non-existent. They're preparing for an all-out war. These are practice runs. And they're carrying them out as I speak near Taiwan. That's what they're doing. The Chinese defense ministry said that the lawmakers, more lawmakers visited Taiwan, good. Infringed on China's sovereignty. And territorial integrity. So there you go. They've already claimed Taiwan's sovereignty does not exist, nor does it territorial integrity. Slow motion war. Says the Chinese People's Liberation Army continues to train and prepare for war. Resolutely defends national sovereignty and territorial integrity. And will resolutely crush any form of Taiwan independent separation And foreign interference. Well, Taiwan hasn't done... (coughs) Excuse me. Taiwan hasn't done anything. But they will come up with this subterfuge that Taiwan has. Taiwan Premier said they would not be deterred by China's response to such visits by foreign friends. It's going to be tough because it's an island now surrounded, but they need to get as many arms as they possibly can to the people of Taiwan and turn all 23.5 million people... Into militia. That's all they can do. It's a horrible, horrible thing. I'll be right back.
2: Mark Lobin.
0: American Pravda, that would include AOL. What's next in the fight against climate change? Although the Inflation Reduction Act will be the largest federal action ever taken to confront climate change, it falls short of the U.S.'s pledge to half emissions. What's next? They're never done. The media are never done pushing it. And then they use their lies, the Inflation Reduction Act. I remember when Reagan came out with the Patriot missiles, or pushed for the Patriot missiles, the Strategic Defense Initiative, he called it. They called it Star Wars, and they kept calling it Star Wars. No, it's the Strategic Defense Initiative. Notice they don't call it Star Wars anymore. But they changed the name to what the Democrats called it, Star Wars. Inflation Reduction Act. They don't change the Democrats' titles, do they? No. Not in the least. It's just the inflation reduction. They talk about all the money for climate change, all the money for left-wing groups, all the money to destroy our health care system, enormous amounts of money in there. No, no, you don't understand. It's to fight climate change. Right, Scarborough? Scarborough is like, he's such a rat It's not even funny. Mr. Producer, to whom shall I speak? Ah, I forgot, Theodore. I'm sorry, Theodore. Baltimore, Maryland. Go right ahead.
5: Well, first of all, I'd like to applaud the FBI for doing what they did.
0: Uh, Trump? You mean you mean taping, uh, tapping, uh, tapping the phones of uh, civil rights workers in the 1960s?
5: I like to applaud the current day FBI for what they well, the did. The current FBI. They, what did uh, they do? Well, when they went and took uh, papers, documents that Trump was not supposed to have. Who says they could have saved many lives? You got to uh, remember, he could not get a loan from anybody. Answer my
0: question. Answer my question. Who says he shouldn't take them?
5: No money you always talking about theodore
0: you don't even answer me who said that trump could not take those documents
5: follow the trail he had oh follow the trail was, said it he was not supposed to have what do theodore, you think-
0: you like you like living in maryland right
5: i like living in any you like one-party state
0: be- right theodore say that again sir you like a one-party state right
5: well, that's better than having a one-party country with a dictator.
0: Well, tell us about it. We see. And right. We fact, see the one-party country with a dictator. What he did. When he you know what? I can't country. fix this. Theodore is a caller from years and years and years ago. He's a Democrat. He'll vote Democrat no matter what happens to cities, including Baltimore. He'll vote Democrat no matter how bad inflation gets. He'll vote Democrat no matter how open the border is. He'll vote Democrat even though they won't stand up to the enemies overseas. He'll vote Democrat. He doesn't care. Trump's a dictator. Well, let me tell you something, pal. If Trump's a dictator, he'd still be in office, wouldn't he? He would have unleashed the Department of Justice against your hero, Biden. Instead, they impeach him for a conversation with the president of Ukraine. Tell me about it, pal. President of the Crane was... Get Out the phone, you jerk! Do we have another caller, Mr. Producer? Ryan, XM in Idaho. Go right ahead. Hey,
4: Mark. I appreciate the chance to visit. Uh, frequent listener and appreciate your logic and thoughts. Thank you. You know, I'm just struggling as I watch... Yeah, certainly... I'm really struggling as I watch uh, you know, news shows and different different discussions that continually happen. Republican, Democrat, we're missing the boat on what we're doing to our country. You know, we're losing it's disconcerting to me that we're losing our power, our ability to project power. Obviously our president doesn't project any power image um, you know, that helps us in any accord, but You know, we could have had, instead of 87,000 IRS agents, we could have had 87,000 soldiers, or we could have had additional
0: remission. You want to know why?
4: Certainly.
0: We have to come to terms with this. And I hope all my enemies with little websites are listening and can record what I'm about to say. Because the Democrat Party as an institution hates America. Hates it. Thanks for your call, Idaho. Take care of yourself. We salute our armed forces, police officers. Firefighters, emergency personnel, our trucker friends, thank you. The men and women in Ukraine and Taiwan, we stand with you. God bless you. And most of all, you great patriots.